The world is waiting. Jonas Cespedes, where are you going to sign, man? Where are you going to sign? I'm Mike Oz. This is the Stew Pod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. And I'm Chris Swick. I, I changed the intro there, but you still you caught did. on. Good job, Chris. I, it was scary for a second. <laughs> You're like, what is he doing? Why, why are you doing this to my podcast intro, Mike Oz? Um, I, I'm probably jinxing this because by the time we're done with this podcast, Cespedes will probably assign to the Nats and... Um, We'll have to jump into pontification mode on that. Um, but that does definitely seem to be the thing today. That That's the big topic, Chris. I know you're telling me that you're going nuts out here, man, on, on Twitter, just watching it all transpire. Yeah, well, I feel like it's pretty rare that you see the early reports suggesting one team has a five-year offer out to a player and then you just don't hear anything for hours. I mean, it seemed like when I woke up today, there were maybe three or four pretty consistent Cespedes updates, and it seemed like, okay, the signing's happening in the next hour. And now it's it's been multiple hours, and we've heard nothing. Well, the Mets must be uh, back-channeling it, man, <laughs> doing, that, doing that work. Did you see the guy who said, um, the, was trying to be the, I guess, I guess he would be the new teen baseball reporter? He's the Tinder reporter. Did you see that guy? I did not. No, I did not see the Tinder reporter. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a Twitter account out there, some guy who's trying to pass himself off as a baseball writer, and he's um, relaying all the stuff that he got through Tinder, through women that apparently Cespedes was trying to hit on on Twitter, on, on Tinder. Um, if that's the case, I just can't wait for the great migration of, of baseball writers onto Tinder. Uh, to try to get all their sources, you know. I think that might that might level up the playing field for like the youngsters. Maybe that's where you know the Chris Cotillos and and Robert Murray's of the world can can exceed everybody else. I see. I think I know who you're referring to, and I think that is a joke account. It, it is a joke account. I mean, it's not yeah, yeah. it's not obvious for real, but. but, but I, but I guess that was like a thing a couple years ago. I don't really remember, but in like 2012 and 2013, pretty much the same account was reporting just ridiculous things like this, and now apparently it's back. I'm just imagining. Wouldn't it be funny, though, all of a sudden everything happened on well, Tinder? I, I would not want to see John Heyman reporting Tinder stories. I'll take that. <laughs> or Jeff Passan, for that sense. True. Tim so Brown would probably do great on, on Tinder. That's a nightmare. Tim, Tim Brown would kill it. <laughs> Um, but I guess let's get serious on Cespedes. Uh, you're a man who's been mad at the Nats for like six months or eight months or however long. If, if the Nats do get Cespedes, how do you feel about that? Well, I think from a baseball perspective, it's a good move. Um, he's better than Jason Worth right now, and he's better than Ben Revere, so it's a clear upgrade. And I think... What we saw last year when they kind of came out of nowhere to sign Max Scherzer, you know, this is something that they're willing to do. If you look at their team and you're like, yeah, they don't really need Cespedes, it kind of doesn't matter. They've done this in the past. So I think it's a good move. I think, I guess the concern you have is within the clubhouse, but if you, even if you're not a big Dusty Baker fan, that's supposed to be the area where he really excels, so you just kind yeah. of hope that he can make that work. Seems like it. It seems like he would be, you know, a good a good kind of neutralizing force there. Um, 
I think it'd be a lot of fun, Cespedes and Harper together. Um, I don't know if it's really going to happen, though. I mean, it just kind of seems like... I feel like it might be one of those like Cespedes to the Royals things where it just kind of gets... People get swept up in the hype or whatever, and then it just doesn't really happen. But I, I think the the amount of talk we've seen about you know deferred money and, and all this kind of stuff makes me think that you know maybe there is something to it. But um, my my gut up until today told me like eh, you know I don't know I think he'll end up you know somewhere less attractive. But uh, I mean I don't know. It'll be curious to see how it all plays out. I, I, I don't have a I don't have a strong sense of what's gonna happen, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was somewhere else still. Well yeah, I get a sense that just just based on the Scherzer thing, it's it's making me believe that this is true and the Nats probably do have an offer out to him. But the fact that there's been so much inactivity the last couple hours makes me feel like it's also a negotiating ploy to make the Mets or the White Sox bid five years on them and like the it seems like those are really the only three teams we've heard about am i forgetting anybody no i think those are the main ones which i i don't know i the whole thing like if we're even going to get into the rumored contracts and stuff that really confuses me because cespedes is, is better than a five-year one million dollar player in my mind and that that's the million dollar? yes did i say one million you said one million because he's well, definitely he's better than definitely a five-year one million yeah yeah but uh that, like, I could pay him that just to come be my, like, my nanny. We've made a nanny joke before, but, like, that might be worth it. Right. So that's the rumored offer from the Nationals, and I think that would be a fairly team-friendly contract. And so I really don't understand why the Mets and White Sox seem to be holding to this idea of we can't go more than three years on Cespedes. Um, none of that makes sense to me. Yeah. I... This is like, this is what I wanted to ask you for on Cespedes before, you know, all the news of today. Um, if you could be his Jiminy Cricket, like if you could just kind of <laughs> stand there on his shoulder and get in his ear, you know, looking at the landscape, looking at everything, and you said, "Yo, this is what you should do." Literally said, "Yo." Yeah, you because okay. that's what you would say. You wouldn't say, "Yo, yo." You would just say, "Yo." Right. Yo. Here's what you should do. What would you say? I I feel like I would recommend he sign with the Angels, probably the Angels. But I mean they're not even in the conversation, but but he improves them so much and that's a team I think that could really challenge for that division if if they had a guy like Yoenis Cespedes. Yeah, no, I think he'd be a great fit there. I mean, I don't know. I I think he greatly improves the White Sox as well, but it it's tough when the Royals are still in that division and the Twins had a nice year and Detroit seems to be getting better. So that's that's tough for me. I would just say, yo, go back to New York, man. Go do it. That'd be good too. Com- I mean, really, complete, the, com- complete what you started last year. Mainly, I just... For all those teams. I just want to see, I just want to see him. I want to see him in New York. I want to see the Mets viable. I want uh, I want him coming out to Jay Z songs, you know. I want all those things. So well, that's, a, that's of, the life I want, Chris. It is kind of a shame that the Mets went as far as they did last year, and then they kind of spent this offseason just losing all their guys. Like, <laughs> you should be in a position to to make some ads and improve your team, and 
I'm not talking about, you know, improving your team by acquiring Neil Walker. I'm talking about doing what the Royals did and, and spending money to retain a guy like Alex Gordon, who means a lot to that team and who, who makes them better. So And Ian Kennedy, who... And Ian Kennedy, who I'm less excited about, but he does he does improve the team for next year. So at least they're making additions. So let's let's stay in that division and switch subjects a little bit. I want to talk about BJ Upton. Oh, BJ Upton, jeez. I hope not. I hope hit me, hit, hit me in the face for that. Um, I want to talk about Justin Upton going to the Tigers, but uh, I, I do want to say we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of talk about the DH uh, later on in the episode. We got three strikes coming up and important questions. So there's a lot coming up on the stew pod because. I should normally tell you that stuff earlier in the show. Um, but Justin Upton, you think Justin Upton makes the Tigers immediately a contender, which, um, you know, I read your I read your take on it, Chris, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of see that. But <laughs> I I just don't, I don't know, Chris. Like, I want to see the pitching. Where's the pitching? Like, where is, you can add another bat to the lineup. Where's the pitching, man? Like, like, tell me how you think the Tigers' pitching is going to be good enough. I think that it's just more uh, the mediocrity of the American League. And, and less, you know, even if we were picking playoff teams today, I don't know that I'd have the confidence to pick the Tigers. I, I most likely wouldn't. But what is, what's the, the hierarchy in the AL right now? I mean, I tend to think the Royals... Are, are probably the best team, or at least up there, and the Blue Jays and maybe the Astros. And then, to me, every other team is kind of a big step down. And I feel like the Tigers have at least put themselves in that conversation. So so your thing is, basically, everybody's a contender, so they're a contender? Yeah, yes. Okay. No, that's, well, they, they that, weren't that's as much... They weren't as much of a contender before this move. I mean, I feel like you can love or hate the projection systems, you know, whatever. But they were projected at 79 wins, I think, before they added Upton, and now they're at 82. And I just feel like that gives them a small enough margin of error to compete for that second wild card. I mean, they they could win 84 games and probably get into the wild card. So... I, I just think they've put themselves in that position, and that's it. I don't know. It's still risky, but they're more of a contender than some other teams. What if we could take the Indians pitching and the Tigers offense and just come Well, that'd be great. What if we make them one team? But that's – you can't do that. Well, what if we what if we take Jeff Passan's expos that he made up, right? Of free agents, yeah, current yeah, free agents. We'll, we'll just replace them. In the in the AL Central, we'll bring them in, and then we'll put together the Indians and the Tigers. Like Indians and the Tigers put together would be great, right? I mean, they'd be a great team. They would be a great team, yeah. Like you just you just keep some of the pitchers, you, would, you know. You wouldn't need Justin Upton because you'd have Michael Brantley. Well, you still you still want Justin Upton. You still want him to play on your team. You do. I don't think you want to get rid of him. But I, you know, I think that's part of the problem is the Indians. I think they currently have the best projection of all AL Central teams, and they've got some pretty big flaws too. So it's just kind of like every team has these massive flaws, and Detroit still does, but they're just in the same category now I think as all should, the other teams. We should in the future try to combine two teams into like which which two teams would be the best team. When we awesome. get really bored, we'll do that. We'll do that topic. 
All right, fair enough. <laughs> Get really bored. Luckily, the the baseball world has sprung a, a big divisive topic on us today. The DH. Um, there's been DH talk, of course, for years and years and years, but um, something really solid came out of the owners' meetings today, and uh, it's solid. I think con- controversial. I mean, people people get riled up about this stuff, man. And um, Rob Manfred said there's you know momentum gaining on bringing the NL to the to the National League, uh, perhaps as soon as 2017, huh? You said the NL to the National League. The DH is. Oh, let's, let's bring that. Let's bring the NL to the National League. We should do because that before too. they were just the National League. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. So that was bad. rough, man. I'm so bad, man. Um, but we we, we have some disagreements. We have some disagreements on this topic. But okay, so let me explain. So the CBA expires this year. So they're looking at that as possibly something they're going to explore in the new collective bargaining agreement. So you're going to hear a lot about this topic this year. Um, you know, who's to say it's actually could happen? I mean, it could be one of those things where they say, "Hey, you know, we're getting we're getting closer on that. Maybe next time around or whatever." But um, that that has not stopped people from arguing about it. And Chris, like you said, we do not agree. Um, I I will say, like, I I got a little sad when I saw it, and I, I had to write it up. And you know, I I I was fair. I played both sides. I talked about. You know, the advantages of having the NL. I mean, why do we keep doing this? Having the DH in the National League. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I talked about how it would, you know, basically make a one whole brand of baseball extinct. Um, it would it would homogenize the league, basically. And I don't know, as, as much as I think it, it's good for the idea of, you know, seeing the best players do what they do best, you know, not letting people get hurt. And I'm not going to roll over all your arguments here, but, you know, I, I acknowledge all that stuff and I see all that stuff. But I, I just enjoy the idea of like the strategy that comes along with it, and sort of how it, it having pitchers hit, you know, re- requires like a whole different level of, of, of a baseball chess match. And uh, I don't know, like I, I I enjoy that. I think that's fun. I think it's great to watch. Well, I think I should start off by saying I grew up rooting for a team in the American League. And I feel like that shapes so a lot of. So I. I know, I know, but I, but I think for the for the most part, I would say, that's what shapes your position on this. If you grew up rooting for a National League team, you probably want to keep the DH out of the National League. And if I don't know, that's the sense I get. Um, yeah. But but like you said, I mean, people are so staunchly on one side that none of the arguments I can make are going to convince anybody. I mean, no, but I mean, I don't think we're not like we're making people go out and vote after this. So, true. I mean, give me your, give me your, give me your take, man. I want to hear it. Well, look, man, I don't want to see, uh, you know, Matt Harvey dropping down sack bunts every every third inning. Um, I would rather see, I don't know, a borderline hitter who maybe doesn't get a chance because he's a poor fielder uh, get a shot to hit twenty five home runs in a season. So, let me let me keep it recent. Uh, like a guy like Steve Pierce, who just signed with the Rays. That's who I was going to say. Yeah, if you give him a full season, maybe he hits 25 bombs, and that's, you know, pretty great. So I would rather see that. I, I think the strategy thing, first off, I don't really care <laughs> about, <laughs> about, you know, sack bunts and all that stuff. But Screw my, your strategy. My counter argument would be um, who has, who is the most – Ooh, how do I want to? How do I want to phrase this? Um, what manager was like the most popular 
among people on on social media and stuff the last two years. Popular? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't think of the right word. I want to say controversial, but that's not the right Ned word. Ned Yost. Ned Yost, who but he was not popular. Team. So, what I'm trying to say is, Ned Yost managed to, you know get him his American League team in these crazy situations where they were bunting and hitting and running and all that stuff. You don't need to be in the NL for that. You can be Ned Yost and still get a ton of attention for wacky managerial tactics. So so let's recap your your takes of today. Your takes of today are are everybody should be more like Ned Yost. Yep. And the Tigers are a contender because nobody's a contender. That's, yeah. that's where we're at. Okay, yep. good. That's it. I, I just feel like there's a certain element of, of kind of, like dumbing down baseball a little bit. I mean, in, in the same way that we're, um, you know, trying to emphasize like offense and football so much, and, and I think that having a DH everywhere obviously would you know boost scoring and boost offense and maybe make the game a little more appealing to to people that don't like you know one nothing pitching duels or whatever. But I don't know. I think your your hardcore fans, your true fans. I mean, I think that they. They they kind of see through that, and maybe that's not the best thing to attract new people. And I understand that plight, and you know I, I appreciate it, and I think it's important. But I don't know. It just kind of to me, it's it's like a. I, I like the idea of there's there's this big difference between these two these two leagues, and sometimes we have to change the rules when you know we're doing air league baseball. We had to like you know play around with it in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I think it just adds like another element to the game that makes it fun. I just want to see more dingers, <laughs> more bombs. I mean that that would be my secondary argument. More dingers. What if what if every team just gets a cyborg Barry Bonds as a as a? As then a I don't I don't see how anyone could want to ever see a pitcher hit again. <laughs> if that were the case. I, let's 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 assume that the world exists where the DH is happening, right? Okay. In the NL, um, and I thought this was sort of a good topic for today. It's it's the start of the 2017 season, you know. I mean, obviously we're knowing what we know now. We're not making up new storylines or anything. But which team, which teams do you think are hurt and helped the most? If we just say, okay, pitchers aren't hitting anymore, have your DH. Well, I think every team is helped. I I don't care what arguments you're going to bring in. I, no, I don't but, want, but I don't want pitchers to hit. Every team is helped. So. Well, but I would say that the like. Like the Giants, for instance, right? The Giants pitchers hit pretty good. Um, the Dodgers, when they had Granky, I mean, I would say their 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 pitchers hit pretty good. So that was like an advantage in the sense that other teams' pitchers didn't hit that good. Yeah. Now, I now everybody's gonna true. be better. I understand that you're gonna have a better hitter right. overall. But uh, I mean, it, it I think it did give you it did give you an advantage over the team you were playing that day. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be the argument. There, I follow so. you. Okay. I follow you now. Uh, well, I mean, the obvious answer is the Cubs, right? Uh, you know, they keep Kyle Schwarber. He's a natural DH. and I mean, you lose John Lester's big bat. Right. Having Kyle Schwarber in the lineup every day is a good thing, and having him in the lineup every day not in the outfield is also a good thing. Um, I I don't know. I mean, are there any other teams that really stand out? I mean, the Nats would stand out. I guess it depends where Cespedes goes, right? Right, right. That makes complete sense then. Um. But maybe that's but, like a Braves thing. Like, oh, we're just signing in for 2017, man. We're waiting for that for that NLDH to come in. But I guess. But he plays I mean, good outfield, so you know. I think I guess that would be more of like you know you put Jason Worth right in, 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 as your DH or something. 
But other than that, I mean, as of right now, the Rockies, because they have the four outfielders, so so they could benefit. But n- I think everyone expects them to deal one of those guys before this season starts. You, uh, The Marlins activate Bonds. The Marlins could activate Bonds. That would be tremendous. Yeah. Or somehow uh, you get you get Giancarlo to be your right fielder and your DH. And just pencil him in the lineup twice. Like you hit him, you hit him like second and seventh or something. Right, <laughs> just right. Space him out a little bit. That could be fun. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, another team who has a surplus of of hitters. I mean, that one's tough. I, I think it might be easier to think of it as a defensive player who's just so bad that yeah. the team would benefit by moving him to DH. But that's kind of hard to think of too. So, do you have any ideas? Well, the Dodgers, I think that you know, with their with their outfield surplus right now, I mean, it takes away okay. that's takes good. away something for them. Um, I don't know. It keeps Mark Trumbo employed somewhere, right? Well, now he's with the Orioles because. But, but I, I mean, thought... but I mean, it just gives him thirty possible that's jobs true. instead of fifteen. His right? is, uh, is made three to five years longer, probably. Yeah, yeah. Mark Trumbo could play a little longer. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but I think it would be interesting because it definitely would change the way you make up your team. You know, I mean, going forward, and and I wonder if, um, you know, once we get an idea of whether this is going to go down, I wonder how it impacts things. And I wonder, let's say, you know, if it, if it, let's say, let's say we find out next year because the CBA um, expires December thirty first, right? So let's say we find out, you know, January third that there's going to be a DH in two thousand seventeen. Um, Granted, I bet you teams will probably know before that. But then all of a sudden, you have everybody scurrying, trying to figure out who their who their DH is going to be, right? And, and that, wouldn't that, you know, maybe change their offseason plans if if we knew that like in November or something? Definitely, that could yeah, be fun. I, I, I mean, I feel like part of the part of the issue with it is if they're going to make that change, how fast can they make it so that yeah. some teams aren't caught off guard? I like and chaos. So the the Cubs are over here licking their lips, wanting <laughs> Kyle Schwarber to get there and. The I don't know the Phillies are like oh great what are we gonna do now? I like chaos and anarchy. So I I don't know I don't know if giving a team one off season to uh, to make it work is enough. Some teams will get screwed over by that. Yeah, that's a good point. I uh, I'll agree with you on that one. But yeah. we'll see. I mean, it seems like it's I, I don't know I don't want to overreact to the last couple of days, but it does seem like it's really picking up steam. Yeah, no, it does. I think I think it's interesting that Commissioner talked about it. I think they, you know, they brought it up as as possibly something to talk about this year for the CBA. I mean, that's that's a bigger step than it than it's ever been. So um, absolutely. As I wrote today, if if you're somebody who likes to watch pitchers hit, and I I don't know how many of those people there are out there, but if you are one of them, you know, start DVR on that stuff, man. Get your <laughs> get your Bartolo uh, Bartolo at bats recorded. I do think I tweeted this, and I, and I think they should do it. Um, much like how they let Mariano Rivera wear a 42 after they, you know, retired it around the league, but they just kind of let him go. I think Bartolo, wherever he goes, should just be allowed to hit anyway. I like it. You know, and just like hey, when the, when he's done, then every, then every every team has a DH all the time. But Bartolo, you have to hit, and not let like make him like he has to hit like it's a requirement. You have to bat. Right. I'm um, on board. I, I think it'd be great. So. And even if he like got traded to the American League, it's like sorry, you know, he has to hit. So yeah. let's just let's just write that rule into the rule books now. I like it. I can get on board with it. 
Let's uh, let's bring in bad news, Raman for some three strikes. I know he has a little bit to say about the DH, and uh, Chris and I will be back with some important questions in just a few minutes. This is the Stewpod. I'm an ACN and I'm DDT, tapping the spine. Back on the stew pod, it is another installment of our three strike segment with my main man, Bad News Ramen, who uh, I, I have no stories this week of pro wrestlers hitting me in the face for you. I'm sorry to say. You have no stories to do what now? I have no stories this week of pro wrestlers hitting me in the face oh, to share oh. with you. Well, didn't you? You also had that one of Manny Fernandez like yelling at you because you were parking in the wrong spot for your taco truck to throw down or something like that? He was parking in the wrong spot. And, yeah. I, and I told him, I was like, hey, you can't leave your car there. He wanted to fight me. And then, and then he got all Manny Fernandez, and he, he walked out of the car with his uh, Italian uh, flag shorts and stuff. And he wanted to he wanted to fight me, man. It was pretty it was pretty yeah. good. I, I don't have any love for Manny Fernandez. He doesn't he doesn't have any love for uh, my boy Tolly Blanchard. So uh, a lot of people didn't, but you know you don't come out and say it. It's kind of like this unwritten rule. But um, let's go ahead and get into three strikes. Three hopefully, strikes. Hopefully your your dog will make an appearance. I was listening to uh, your your good interview with. Uh, was it? I still don't know her name. Jessica Mendoza. And actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. That was not my dog. That was the neighbor's dog. Then. That was her dog. That was the neighbor's dog. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I just, I just want to. I just when you start sparking, I just want you to go all Chris, uh, Chris Tucker, and just go. That's my dog. That's my dog. So uh, strike one. Uh, this one is kind of confusing for me, which isn't really hard to do, but it is. Um, you know, Pete Rose is banned from baseball, and. I know it's kind of a you don't know what banned from baseball is. I don't know if it's banned from the Hall of Fame or just banned entirely from baseball. I was thinking way back when that it was more the latter because he gambled on baseball, of course, and he got a lifetime ban and he really can't really be a part of anything related to baseball. Um, I know he did. He was part of like the top 100 players or whatever uh, when Jim Gray yeah. pretty much blasted him and turned him into a little kid. They're going like, what are you asking me these questions for? I'm just out here to have fun. Uh, so he gets elected to the Cincinnati Baseball Hall of Fame, and, and the guy's ecstatic, right? I mean, he's jumping through the roof, and he's so happy because Psych. he's actually in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's the second Hall of Fame that he's a part of because he's also part of the WWE Hall of Fame because he got kept on getting tombstone by Kane, uh, rightfully so. But it's just – I don't know if you can shed some light on this. I just don't know how you can be a part of a baseball team's Hall of Fame and then, um, you know, you're, you're be, supposedly be banned, banned from, from the, the baseball game. Yeah. So, so to, like, to be for him to be banned from the game means essentially that he is not allowed to be like employed by Major League Baseball. Like he's he's like he couldn't go and get a job as like a coach or like you know take a front office job with the Reds or something like that. Like that, that's all off the table for him. Um, and and because of that, because he's not. Uh, you know, in that in that distinction with with MLB, then the Hall of Fame has said, okay, well, we won't consider him. Um, so, I mean, there, there's no actual thing there. Just the MLB Hall of Fame says, okay, well, since baseball doesn't allow him, we're not going to allow him. And then the Reds, I mean, I kind of look at that like 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 a states versus country thing, like how you know the individual states can have their own laws. Um, yeah, I mean, take like legalization of marijuana, for instance. Like, you know, it's states can kind of do as they want and that's kind of how the Pete Rose thing is the Reds are allowed to have him in their Hall of Fame but he's not like an employee of the Reds like he couldn't be an employee or get a paycheck from them so 
I'm getting tired of. I think a lot of people are getting tired of Pete Rose in terms of the discussion, like every single year, because he, he can he can seek reinstatement every single year, and that's one thing that when he got banned, I believe by uh, Faye Vincent, he was allowed to do that. Um, I, you know, people say you know look his numbers and this that and this, and you know he deserves to be there, but you know if if you look at all the banned players from Major League Baseball, it's mostly because of gambling, right? So you'd have to open up to everything else where if Pete Rose gets in, then I think Shoeless Joe Jackson should get in as well. And I think Shoeless Joe Jackson has a better case of, of getting in because we still don't know whether he took money or not. He was just thrown in, in that cloud of, of everybody else. But um, We do yeah. the Hall of Fame debates again, man. I thought we thought we done with Hall of Fame. No, no, we're, we're not debating it because, <laughs> I mean, you agree with me. But I, I say, you know, I'm okay with Pete Rose being in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. I don't even think they have like a, a museum at that stadium. But either way, if if they do a bust of him, they have to do the bust when he had that haircut, when he had kind of like a bowl cut going. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, remember, remember that bowl cut? Yeah, no, and I know. With, with the and with the big kind of turtle, white turtleneck and stuff. He where uh, he looked like just like a a, a grown up five year old. Like that's kind of what he looked like. <laughs> yeah, if, if if they do that, uh, I would I would pay money and 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 I would even like start try start like some crowdfunding to do like a full size. Uh, statue of him just kind of with his, with his big old gut hanging out and he's wearing a white turtleneck and uh, every year you can paint the white turtleneck and stuff and he has that bowl cut going and yeah and for for the people in Hawaii it's called a we call it a Chaiwan cut but yeah so I'm okay with that so let's go ahead and move to uh, strike two strike and, uh, two this was I believe heavily debated on uh, on the previous podcasting that you guys have done today without yours truly, which is a shame in itself. But um, the NL is looking to uh, have a DH and I, I just, I can't wait for that to happen because you always have NL fans. And that was like their one like sticking point, right? Like we're true baseball and, and this is the way baseball is supposed to be trade. And there's a, there is a strategy in terms of doing double switches and doing all that stuff. Um, I'm personally against it. I, I think, I like, listen, I like the AL, I like the DH because it's one more guy you can put on your fantasy team, but um, just the the pace of the game in the NL and just all the double switching you have to do, the strategy that's involved behind it, now anybody, wait for it, now any geek on the street, any geek can, on uh, the street. Can, can be a manager. You're not going to have Tony La Russa do like 25 changes just to make uh, sure a left-hander comes up in the seventh inning. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think it kind of takes away i takes away from the the game a little bit i think all those old people are now that i'm getting older i believe those old people are right where you know the nl is kind of like the last fashion of true baseball that was played uh since the start of this century and i don't know i'm, I'm not all for it well i've, I've kind of said my piece in various ways so i'm not going to rehash it all but I, I always like to hear your opinion on things oh that's um, nice you know, I care, man. I care about you. Well, you should pay for my opinion, but that, that's a, that's another story. So, uh, now now that now that we got all the pleasantries out of the way, let's go ahead and go into strike three. Strike three. See, and this is I'm doing that. I'm establishing a thing now. I'm you, that, you are. I'm do but that you're, every you're, time. I, I still want you to be my hat man, though. You're still supposed to go like strike three. Oh, here comes so. strike three, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> down in front, down in front. Grab the jewels, grab the jewels. When uh, I say strike, y'all say three. Strike, three. Uh, that's that's terrible. That, that is that's horrible. That, that That's when I usually leave the party, when they start doing that. Because you know, yeah, like, yeah. Cause you know when they start saying that, you know they're going to start talking about the roof and how it's on fire. I'm like, come on, man. That, was, that, that wasn't good back in 1985. It's not going to be good now. Um, but this is the story with, uh, with Dan Heron. And uh, Dan Heron uh, 
is probably one of my favorite pitchers just because the guy was an innings eater. Uh, he had, you know, he had high win totals, uh, decent amount of K's, but just when you got, when you, when he pitched, you knew you were going to see a good game, uh, on, on the pitching tip, uh, if we want to go back to the 1990s, but, uh, you wrote a story and I'm going to call you out because you wrote a story about how he tweeted that, uh, he was playing legend of Zelda for two hours. And you admitted that you have never beaten the Legend of Zelda, and and not only that, but while we're doing our mic check, I started doing the uh, the Legend of Zelda commercial rap, where it goes, and I, I can't remember it all because it was a long time ago, but it kind of starts off with like you know it's the Legend of Zelda and it's really bad and something about the Octoroks and needles or whatever they're really sad or something. And uh, how could you, as a video game player, what type of level of video game player are you if you have never beaten the Legend of Zelda because it was too hard for you? And that wasn't that it was too hard. It was just one of those things that it took it took a lot of attention. It took a lot of like I had to had to invest a lot of time in it. And me at like six years old or seven years old, like I, I'd rather go play base the baseball games. I'd rather go you know do something else. Like I wasn't I wasn't spending hours and hours and hours you know trying to beat Legend of Zelda. I think like I played it. I don't know probably like a good portion of the way through and then i was just like yeah there's a new game that's out you know and that's the thing about nintendo man new games come out all the time and they were only like 20 bucks so you can get your parents to buy them for you and there was constantly new stuff to play so i just never i never invested like all the time it would take to beat legend of zelda you know, you just wrapped up your whole life right right in this the past <laughs> two minutes I, it yeah, it just it just you know I'm gonna go all like reader on you and go like oh you know you liberal you know you liberal pig and you know they're, yeah, they're paying you to, to write these stories and stuff. Give it to me. Uh, Legend of Zelda, you have to play that game. I mean, there, there's so many nuances in Legend of Zelda. Uh, there's here's like a couple that I remember was that you what was so great about Legend of Zelda is that you played that game for so long that you would kind of get a little bit loopy and you would start kind of making fun of things that weren't supposed to be made fun of. And uh, one of the first ones was. Uh, there was this old lady that, and she showed up in the game, but you'd have to like bomb certain places or set something on fire. And there'd be like a secret passageway there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whenever, and she'd, but the whole thing is like, she wouldn't, I think she would give you like a heart container or something, but then she started charging later on. And we used to call her, we, me and my friend used to call her old coot. So like when, you know, we were like, Oh, I got to go to old coot. And you'd walk in, you're like coot, you know? So there was that. And then there was another part where there was a, uh, I believe there was like a, a pig villain and I forgot what they were called, but he, there were a bunch of pigs that you'd have to fight and you would have to bomb a, a certain bush. Like the, <laughs> here's like the funny thing about legend of Zelda is like, it's the, it's the third bush out of the 28 on the first row that you have to bomb in order to, to, to come in and, and get something. So you would bomb that there'd be a secret passageway. You'd go in and there'd be this pig and you'd have like a bunch of money. And he's like, he'd be like, you know, he's, he would say, shh, it's a secret to everyone. So we're like, Oh, cool. So we get it. And then the second that we walk out of the, out of the secret room, we would yell it out like, Hey, Hey, this guy over here is like, you know, give giving us money and stuff. You know, you better, you better go check your boy over there real fast. So there was that. And then of course, uh, my favorite one was the dungeon and you had to do like 12 dungeons and they had this theme music. And I pretty much like made up a whole song off of the theme, theme music of the dungeon. And, uh, I would have like probably six or seven people from my school, you know, we'd be walking around and all of a sudden one of them would start singing it. So you as, as a person, I'm not going to say that, that you're, that you're less of a person or less of a gamer. Well, I'm going to say you are less of a gamer because if you haven't been, if, if anybody out there now you have like fallout three and you have SOCOM or whatever all this stuff is, is like you can't claim any fame with halo or anything like that until you are stuck there uh, trying to figure out legend of Zelda and, doing at a time where 
there wasn't the internet where you could go online and find out where everything was. You kind of had to find it by yourself. And uh, when you got like the Nintendo Power, yeah, I would say you got had, Nintendo Power, man. Maps, you didn't have to find it. Yeah, by I mean, we had that, but you had to wait like a month. So you're just you're you're just jerking around with this game for like a month, not knowing what the heck to do. And then when Nintendo Nintendo Power came out, you're like, yeah, man, I'm like. I got the Nintendo Power, and then kids, there'd be like a black market for Nintendo Power, right? They're like, hey, do you got like the Legend of Zelda Nintendo Power? I'm like, yeah, man, it's good, but it's going to cost you, you know. Like, <laughs> and with me, it's like, hey, you know, I don't got any money. Like, well, you know, that girl over there, since you know how to talk to women, like, go ahead and talk to her for me and, and tell her something about me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, hey, you see that dork over there? Like, he plays Legend of Zelda, man. I'm like, I'm a real man. I don't play any video games. So, yeah, it, you, you missed out. You missed out growing up. Let's with, let, let's go back to the point where you were insulting me in my life for for stuff and then you just gave me that whole like three minute spiel of, of recounting all this legend of zelda geekery like come on man L- look in the mirror examine yourself uh, yeah but mike i was like uh i was like 10 11 years old dude i mean my, my my life revolved around nintendo i mean when you guys seem to forget that when nintendo first came out uh it was it was crazy it's like we, when you first saw super mario brothers on the nintendo 8-bit system you you were just I didn't know what to do. I, I couldn't function. Like my, 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 I went to Hawaii, my, my cousin had it and I saw it and I was like, this is the, it's like, it was like having a, an, an arcade and an arcade system in your home because the graphics a... were so bad. We're, were so bad back then that it was like having a, a home arcade and you would dream about, you would dream about, you know, Mario brothers. And, and I had many a dream about Mario brothers. And luckily when I got older, I started dreaming about other stuff, but yeah, I was, I, I was speechless. I, I couldn't, you know, it's like, let's just admit though that, that I'm not the bad one here. You're the bad one because you, you never played Legend of Zelda. I, I played I, Legend I, of I, Zelda. I just never finished Legend of Zelda. You know, Jeez, on, man. On, on, on the tombstone, on the tombstone, when, when we slow, sadly pass away, there's going to be Zs for all the people that uh, that have beaten Legend of Zelda. And if if you didn't spend the time to personally make yourself better and to problem solve and to stick something out to the very end uh, without being Legend of Zelda, I think I think that's a major problem. I mean, you can sit there and you can do your claim to fame that you beat Super Mario Brothers, and you're like, hey, man, like. I ran under Bowser and I, and I, I jumped on the axe and Bowser fell in the lava. I beat it. Right. It's like any, any chump could do that. Any geek on the street could do that. Well, I beat Zelda. Um, and don't even get, don't even get me started about Goonies too. I mean, that was one of the worst games ever, but I still beat that one. I didn't even say anything about Goonies too. I, I know I'm, I'm saying it, you know, that that's, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I am a, I am a geek on the street because I played all these games, but hey, I, at least, at least I have a couple notches in my belt. Saying I'm that going, I, that I'm going to the it. Dan Heron plan where when I retire, my my number one on my list. Like my wife's gonna want to go do all the stuff. I'd be like, nah, baby, gotta be Legend of Zelda. That's the number one thing I gotta do when I retire. So and, and then you're gonna give me a call and you're like, hey man, you still got the Nintendo Power that has all the maps and stuff for Legend of Zelda? I, I like the baby part. Nah, baby, I'm playing Legend of Zelda. <laughs> nah, I gotta we, we gotta play Legend Zelda. of Zelda first. Uh, yeah, and then then once you beat that one, then you gotta you gotta play the the Nintendo 64 one and Wind Walker and all that stuff. No. And, yeah. I got Adventure um, of Link and I didn't like it and I was done. I'm done with all that after that. Yeah, Link. Uh, the Adventure of Link was. I beat the. Yeah, I beat that one too. And <laughs> my, my favorite. My favorite one was that, of that one was that there was this one guy and you walked into the, into a shop and you walk up to him and and it was a hard place to get to. It was like a secret place, right? So you're going like, oh man, this guy's going to drop like a lot of wisdom. And so he comes up. So you come up to up to him. You press like the talk button and he responds back. He says, "I am error." And I'm like, well, is that existentially or <laughs> I mean, what's going on with you error? I mean, that's what I want to know. Like, did you name yourself? Did someone name you like your mom didn't want you as a kid? She, you know, dad forgot to use use the contraceptive device. I, I mean, I, I want to know that guy's backstory. So 
that's for another time. We On a baseball uh, note, we would just call him like E6, right? E6. I, I am E6. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. I am E5 or E1. But yeah, that, that guy needs, he needs to, that, that's a, a podcast later on down the line. And maybe right. uh, we can get some of Swix geekism and, and we can have a nice discussion about I am error. And, and the next time, I mean, when, when you meet someone and, and you've never met him for the first time, uh, I challenge anybody just to, you know, like, hey, like the guy comes in like, hey, my, my name is Max. I'm like, hey, good. I am error. <laughs> and, and then just have have a silence and, and see what he says. This has been Three Strikes, and it was ridiculous as always. Thank you, Bad News Rama, for joining us. Usually uh, I say you bring the hard truths, but today I think you brought the ridiculous truths. Well, I mean, it, it's 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 been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks, right? And you know, we're trying to find stories to send this. And it's January, uh, you know, man. Hey, hey, you know what? If January, if, if if this Three Strikes was was an error, then I am error. We'll be back with more Stupod. I say it again. I am a chemistry. We are back on the Stupod. Mike Oz and Chris Swick on the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. And uh, we have just finished the Bad News Ramen geekery, man. It was it was some hardcore Legend of Zelda geeking out there. Uh, Chris, um, you, were, you weren't on the call, but you have to listen. You have to, take my, you have to listen to it and take my word for it. Like he, All right. went, he went hard down a road of Legend of Zelda geekery that I was not prepared for. I'm good with that. And he he cited the Legend of Zelda rap song from the commercial, which I didn't even I didn't even know. All right, that's a deep cut. <laughs> All right, I uh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about a little bit about NES real quick with you, but before we do that, I want to congratulate you because you got into the BBWAA last week. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, yeah, it Chris. Was, uh... Thanks, I appreciate it. It was kind of a crazy week or couple of hours there. For for those of you who don't know what that is, that means Chris gets to vote for the Hall of Fame in like ten years. Right. So he'll be uh, he'll be ready to vote for uh, Dan Heron, right? Vote for Dan Heron whether he gets in. If he's still on the ballot. <laughs> um, and and Dan Heron is is the guy I want to talk about because he you know he had the tweet today about um, or yesterday, excuse me. About how he's just sitting around playing Legend of Zelda in retirement, and I appreciate that, man. Uh, made me made me want to ask you this, Chris. If you just tomorrow, like if tomorrow, if you just retired tomorrow, and they're like, okay, you get to sit around, you have to play, you have to play this one video game all day tomorrow. Like, what would it be? What would you pick? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, it might it might just be a Legend of Zelda game. I I went. I went on a little bit of a Legend of Zelda kick a couple months ago. I, I beat a couple games on my 3DS. And I was kind of getting, I don't know, weird about like, ooh, I should, just, I should try and beat all of these. So I don't have a Wii U, but if I bought that, I could get some of the newer Legend of Zelda games. And I'd probably pick one of those, honestly. It's not just because Dan Heron's doing it. Do you, um, are you of age that you played NES? Yeah. You played Come the on, original man. Legend of Zelda? Uh, I think so. I think I've played that. Okay. I, I, mean, I definitely sure. played NES, but that you know that, that I never owned an NES, so I would go over to other people's houses and play it, and Legend of Zelda really wasn't, wasn't a game you played with your buddies because it was only single player. I think I would, I would try to... Um, I, and I'll, I admitted when I was talking about New Ramen that I've never, I've never beat Legend of Zelda, and he gave me a bunch of crap for it. And I'm going to admit here that I've, I've never beat Mike Tyson. 
Oh, all right. I, I cannot beat Mike Tyson. That's so a that, good answer. I would, I would do that. I would devote my day to beating Mike Tyson. And then once I beat Mike Tyson, then I would feel free to go and do something else. Um, but, you know, I mean, I could beat, I beat Street Fighter 2 on level 7, man, but I've never beat Mike Tyson. <laughs> so um, I, I feel like that's something I would, I would need to accomplish just, just to, to count myself as a worthwhile human being. Because I know people are going to make fun of me for never beating Mike Tyson. But. What? I feel like my criteria for this question was I wanted a game that would take a while because if it's going to take most of the day, you want it to last. And something that wasn't necessarily repetitive. So I'm thinking like Legend of Zelda, you've got these different temples, there's different puzzles and maps, and that's a little less repetitive than like, uh, I don't know, playing a whole season of a Little League World Series game. Yeah. You know, af after about game five, I get bored. Or playing an RPG for 20 hours where you're just fighting people all the time. So there you go. I actually put some thought into this. I, I would also then, like, if, if I beat that, I would try to just go on to like Super Punch-Out and the other Punch-Out games. Because I haven't beat any of them. And I like Super Punch-Out, but I always kind of get stuck around the same. I always get stuck in that game around the same place. It's always like a few guys before the end guy. So um, I would need to need to do that too. Uh, so that, that's what I would do. And the other thing I've never been able to accomplish, so I guess if I had a second day, well, it would take me longer than a day, but... Uh, I've always wanted to just complete a whole season of Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, which I believe I've talked about before. Yeah. Um, but it would always just reset on me. So, Not that I haven't tried, not that I haven't played enough games, but it would just always reset. Well, That's yeah, I mean, another a game that I haven't, uh, I've never played, but I know I would love is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. It's like, I don't know, it's supposed to be really great, but it, it's only out on PC and I'm not a PC gamer. So you're not that level of nerd. No, I I've been told I should get a Steam account and play on there, but then you know I look into some of the stuff involved with that, and I don't know, just buying buying the controller and buying the thing to hook up to the TV it makes me overwhelmed. Do you have Do you have any important questions for me, Chris? Have any Have any come up in your life? Mm, I I can't think of anything. Hmm. I. Uh, I think I'm going to Portland this weekend for a couple hours, so if you have any Portland recommendations, I'd love to hear them. I guess that, that's addressed to you and the listeners. <laughs> well, uh, Cliff Robinson, the former NBA player, just opened up a weed shop there. Okay. I know they have plenty of those in, in Seattle, but um, <laughs> I, I have to – I was actually just looking at the story on, on, the, on the basketball blog. Let me see if I still have it up. Oh, yes, I do. And mainly I like it because he calls himself, it's Cliff Robinson, right? And he calls mm -hmm. himself Uncle Spliffy. Wonderful. So, I mean, if you want to do that. Um, I don't know much else about Portland, man. I've All been right. to the well, Nike store there once. My wife suggested we stay in a tiny house. Oh. Uh, and I immediately shot her down because that's <laughs> not happening. I, I mean, I, I guess I could see it as like a social experiment for like a night or something. It's a Portland thing. It seems very Portland to stay in a tiny house. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't want to get that into Portland if I'm there for 24 hours. No, no. That's, I don't know. It just seems suffocating. It would not be fun. No, no. I'm, I, I'm glad you shot that down. I am yeah. not, I'm not in favor of, of the tiny house, man. I mean, maybe as like a playhouse for my kids, you know? Right, maybe right. You can do that. But that's it. But yeah, that's that's all I got. I don't I don't have a good question for you this week. Next week, 
I'll have one. Well, go hang out with Cliff Robinson and report back right. about Uncle Spliffy. You got it. Because that's, that's fun. I'll take furious notes. This has been the Stew Pod. Um, oh, Chris, tell them what they're supposed to do, man. You can rate and review us on rate iTunes. and review. So rate you can do that by searching for Stew Pod in the search area and then just write us a nice little review and hopefully give us five stars. And that's it. Not hopefully. Give us five stars. Give us five stars. Rate and review. Rate and review. But But these things are honestly helpful i mean we will read them we will take your criticism to heart if you have any criticism criticism and we will adjust based on that so something we take seriously we, it's not just something we tell you to do for the heck of it i mean i'm in it for the stars let me just tell you right yeah. right <laughs> so the, yeah so there it is rate and review rate and review all right we'll see you guys later uh thanks for thanks for listening thanks for Hit us. You can you can hit us up about your favorite NES games too, because I, w- I want to know. I want to hear at my cause if you want to say those things. This has been the Stupod. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.